Ah, not those lions. Three lions we can get behind. And he hoofed it. There's more pressure being ratcheted up with a loss like that, of course. Just getting the head boxed off, should that just kind of happen? For all your Lions coverage this summer, download the OTB Sports app. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Black box car insurance lets young drivers bounce past high cost premiums. Drive safe and save more with GetSetGo.ie. Start pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. Right, you are very welcome along to this week's episode of Dadcast. Some of the dads are here. Dave is here. Hello. Nathan is here. Oh, yeah. Adrian Barry's not here because there's no celebrity dad here. Instead, uh, you're going to have to make <laughs> do with me this week. And good man, Nathan, you did just remember to hit record. So we're getting a full episode this week. Fair play to Zoom. They're adding about six extra layers to ensure that you've actually hit record. So. Yeah. And a reminder to us all that you did. Because we were sitting there and I was like, oh, let's get going. Pure silence for about 45 seconds. Like, do you want to hit record? <laughs> <laughs> David, today's a big day, you were saying. It's the end of an era. It is the end of an era, yeah. My, the younger of my two boys is graduating from Montessori today. So there might be some dust in the room and about maybe two and a half hours time. He's been in there since he was one. So it's, um, he's going to get some land now when, when he realizes at the end of August that he's heading to a different building for school, but uh, he's, he seems happy enough. So I'm not sure what they have in store for us, but I'm looking forward to it. So it's just so hard to get our head around the fact that he is now no longer of Montessori going age, that he's now fully fledged school pupil or will be in a few weeks time. I mean, the years have absolutely ripped past as you, we know they do, but it's still stark that we're, I'll be, I, this morning when I brought him up, I know I dropped, we, the three of us head up to the big school and the uh, six-year-old heads into his yard into senior infants and then myself and, and the little fella had 15 minutes to hightail it up the street to get up to his crash or his Montessori for 9.15 and I was walking up this morning with him and I was saying to him, you realise this is the last time we're ever going to make this walk after doing it for the last two years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a big day. How did he respond and, when you said this is the last time we're ever going to make this walk? A general shrug of the shoulders. <clears throat> well, given that about 10 minutes previous to that, I had told him that to celebrate his graduation, I was going to bring him to McDonald's this afternoon. That's really all he could think of. Any other information was superfluous and there was absolutely no need to worry about anything apart from the fact that he was going to McDonald's for his lunch. I should have waited till afterwards because now all he'll ever remember of this day is I got to go to McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it is, this is how um, in some small way, maybe COVID-19 has, you know, certainly eroded a percentage of the innocence of youth. As we're, after I had said it to him, about two minutes later, the idea of heading to McDonald's has obviously been percolating in his mind. And he just looks at me and says, you know, due to the coronavirus, are we actually even allowed to go into McDonald's? A point which I had not considered at all. And I'm looking down at my four-year-old going, when and what point did he become more sensible and relevant than I did? So I hadn't, the thought hadn't even crossed my mind that we can't go into McDonald's. I assume you can That's just true. drive through and then is there somewhere to sit outside maybe? There, there is. are. Another one near here, there's seats outside. But I think you can... Yeah, I think you can walk in and order and take your food okay, out. You can walk just in and order and sit in there. Okay. Yeah. Just can't sit there and eat it. Like a coffee shop. Okay, well, we'll do that. So, and then we might, I don't know what we'll do, but his brother's on a play date. So I'll, uh, I'll have him to myself, which is a rarity. I'm probably looking forward to it far more than he is, I would say. But um, yeah. We'll Will Dave have, have the McDonald's? Will Dave yes. have the McDonald's? Yes. What's going on? I mean, obviously you're a, <laughs> a body fascist. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I'm really not. Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. It's I've no issue with the consumption of McDonald's. It's just that I don't like it. Like it's I, I've, it's a long, long time since I've had a, a McDonald's meal where I actually felt satisfied afterwards. You feel hungry afterwards and you feel. Have another one. <laughs> yeah. I understand I, uh, why I the kids love us. Once for um, about four or five weeks. It saved my life at the time. Uh, I was about to have to move back to Ballyhonas. I was in Galway Ooh. and I had taken, it was summer 2002, World Cup was on. So I finished college for the year, took the first four or five weeks of the summer off to watch the World Cup. Uh, had no money to start with. The day of the World Cup final, I'm literally down to like my last 20. It's proper poverty-stricken Galway living. Down to my last 20 quid. And I'm like, I, I either get a job today or I move home for the summer. And I was like, screw it. I'll go into McDonald's. And they say, can you start tomorrow? So I started tomorrow. And uh, I was the most popular person in our apartment because <laughs> I don't know how many people at McDonald's listen to this. We had a great old trick where, at a, so McDonald's is shut at 11 o'clock. So at half 10, we put on a load of food. <laughs> and then obviously nobody would come to buy it. So you got to bring it all home. All right. So I'd rock in. I'd rock in at about 2 a.m. Because uh, one thing I would always say about McDonald's is it's a very clean place. Uh, you would have spent hours upon hours having to clean the place. So I would rock in about half two into our sort of student apartment uh, with cold McDonald's, about 100 chicken nuggets, maybe a few old burgers, chips, and just the savagery would begin. <laughs> so I had, uh, I think I spent four weeks, maybe five weeks in McDonald's. And uh, yeah, great story. You earned enough money not to have to move back home. Exactly. Got me through to the start of the next college year. Uh, on our next yeah. podcast, you can ask me, Jared, did I buy anything at McDonald's? And I'll, I'm sure I'll buy something. Yeah. We should do a um, Super Size Me style experiment with Dave. <laughs> I'll have, I'll rob a nugget out of his box, uh, out of his Happy Meal and maybe a couple of chips. But that, that's like, he'll nuggets. just resent you. There. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dad brought me to McDonald's and used me as an excuse to try the McNuggets and chips. And that's what he'll remember about his graduation. Um, yeah, it's like, can you just go back to, you, you would finish work at 11, 10 past 11, <laughs> and then mm. spend the next three hours cleaning the place. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. Day. Insane. Every night you would spend about three hours cleaning. Everything was like it was brand new when you left every single day. So I uh, I, I definitely had a different opinion of McDonald's after I left. As to, um, I don't know what my opinion was previously, but yeah, three hours. It would be two o'clock by the time you'd get out. Right. So I'm That's sure they still have the same high standards today. Well, I'm sure they do. But um, yeah, I... Look, we had our, our graduation a couple of weeks back and definitely there was a uh, sense of like, hmm, a little bit nervous about what's coming next. Um, so it was actually, it was this week, sorry. Was it this week or last week? Ours was done virtually. Are you going in to, to see We're us? We're going in, yeah. Yeah, I see what's outside. I'm looking, just looking at the window now. The weather's mixed, but um, it's a bit overcast. But I think it's outside. I, I'll, I'll have to check the notice. The two of us are heading yeah. over, so... Um, I, I just remember it's two years obviously out from the last time we were at this graduation when the older guy went in so we kind of know the drill but that was obviously pre-pandemic I'm sure they have yeah. it all sorted but uh, they were all been sent in with treats this morning a big bag full of penguin bars going in so they will be high as kites by the time we see them at quarter past 12 and then I'm going to ring to McDonald's so he's going to get an awful lot of nutrition today by uh, it right. be the case. 
the the virtual ones are very different from the in-person ones, obviously, because the in-person ones just all the like it's just more it it's definitely more crack, and you get to see more, and you meet the other parents who you've seen a bit over the years. But um, I would definitely say that there was like a proper realization at that stage that this is the end, and um, like that night, uh, the bag was being packed for junior infants and, and the uh, pencil case was being filled to make sure that it was ready to go for August. We were like, right. What? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Your, your junior infant's pack is already ready to go. Well, that, not not by us. It was like, <laughs> That's I'm mad. just, just covering looking the bases forward to it here. that much. She's looking forward. He's no, looking, no, she, it sorry. was a minor anxiety about the whole thing. Uh, oh, right. Saying goodbye because it turns out no, almost nobody we think is going to the same school next year, so there won't be huge crossover of um of buddies, which would be the first time really that anybody hasn't had anybody go with them. So, um, yeah, right, yeah. I wonder. Um, I don't know if he's really going to. You did that realization that he's there for the final time. I think he's heading up there for a week in July for a summer camp, but. In terms of being there in in, in school or crash, I, I don't think he will realise as he's walking out that that's it. He's he's closed the door on a significant chapter of his life. I do feel for the uh, the the childminders and the Montessori teachers, like a, a couple of those have been with him for three years now since he was barely gone one when he first started attending that crash. Like they know him as well as we do. They've seen him most days of his life, and. I'd say it's very difficult for them every year waving goodbye to those kids that they develop such a bond with. And whereas it never happens to us, you never have to say goodbye to your kids, touch wood, but they, they have to do it every year. It must be really tough on them. When they go to college, you're like really hoping that they go to Galway or Cork or Sligo <laughs> or Letter, Letter Kenny. Well, we've discussed this before, haven't we? This is the problem with living in Dublin. Dublin kids yeah. never seem to leave. Yeah. Dave was one. I was one for, I didn't leave till I was 26. <laughs> oh, Same as my wife. I'm like, what were what? you doing? It's like, what? What do you mean? Thought, what was I doing? The I thought of having three kids in the house and the eldest one being 26. Oh my god! <laughs> Move the fuck out. <laughs> there was no, there was nothing pushing me to do so. I only ever lived with my mommy and my daddy and my wife. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you never lived in a, an apartment with your mates. Um, no, I, well, I lived in my first broadcasting job, as you guys know, was in Waterford for 18 months. I lived down there in an apartment, in a house with, with some other people, strangers initially. Apart from that, I was still living, half living up in Dublin at the time. So, right. Yeah. You were rushing back. Wow. I was, yeah. I'd be leaving it. And just as a matter of interest, right? Where did you have sex? <laughs> <laughs> like, How? You can't be doing it in your parents' house. <laughs> Come on, serious question. I've hit my mute button. <laughs> Come on. Are you, like, you, you, you honestly think that I'm going to answer that question? Yes, yes. I mean, we all, we all had, we, none of us lived in our parents' house from the time we were 18. And we therefore had our own room in a house with other people that it didn't really matter what they heard. But you... We're living with your mum and dad. I mean, unless you're very yeah. quiet, Dave. <laughs> well, how? What if the answer was I didn't have sex until I was twenty-six? Well, that might be. I'm, I'm starting to think that might be true. Okay, well, let's go with that one then. <laughs> <laughs> where was where was your wife living? She was in her house. 
Her parents are. I mean, this gets worse. This gets worse and worse. <laughs> like the one weekend a year you get to go away or the, the week's holidays. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, exciting, but like, you know, rare. Yeah, this conversation is starting to make me a little uncomfortable. Well, I mean, uh, you don't have to give us details. <laughs> well, you know, there were, you ways, kid. there were ways and means. Like, if you know, you find ways around these things. Is this is this the car? Is that I didn't like I, that that thing in America where everybody always did it in the cars, <laughs> always in the in the movies. I'm like, what? I mean, obviously, American cars are different because they don't have the gear stick in the middle. <laughs> They've got that whole. So is this is, is what because you're a you're a you know Casanoc was it? So you're not far from the Phoenix Park. So was it the Phoenix Park? Oh, not a God. dogging spot. Was it more actually a young Couples, young Dublin, young people who were stuck at home living with their parents needed to find a local tree. Yeah, this is grim. I'm not going to discuss <laughs> what went on or didn't go on. In the it's such Park. a long time ago, Dave. No one, no one's listening anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> we, I think this is a this is a podcast based mainly on parenting and specifically on dads. But uh, so this is the, this the, is we're 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 discussing our future parenting where our children yeah. could still be living yeah. in our little houses. Yeah, I don't want to listen. Are 26. Okay, I do not well, want to hear this oh, stuff. So now, oh, now you don't want to listen. You're the, you're the one who brought this up. You're the one who started to ask probing questions. Pardon the... Um... <laughs> where did you ask probing questions, Dave? <laughs> so this is something that you as a Dublin-based father is almost certainly going to have to deal with yourself. So like, how do you see the situation? Move out. Move but they out. won't. And they will. They, they will be. be. They just won't. I will, I will have, to move everything, out. Is, everything is like nicely little wrapped up and it's like, go and get a job. Support yourself. We'll, we'll pay a little bit of your accommodation for you if we have to, but you are moving out. You are not living here forever. So you want your kids to move out and God knows what rent is going to be by the time that, that, that day rolls around. Everybody will be working from home, spend, it'll be fine. Spend every penny that they earn in whatever part-time job they have on an extortionate rental on a monthly basis. Well, at Does, least does any like, part of you, Dave, wish that you hadn't lived at home till you're 26? No, it, it's not something that's ever crossed my mind. I was in, going to college up the road. All my mates were in Castleknock. Like, there was just no reason. Unless my parents had specifically said, this is ridiculous. You're 23 years of age. You've just graduated from college. Get out. Then I'm sure... Sounds I'm like a reasonable to... conversation. <laughs> yeah. I would I have had to consider this. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they keep leaving brochures around. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Things marked in the Herald, circled, apartment to let. Well, it is... It, 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 it is really interesting, though, because these are like the most formative years of your life. And like, I moved out of my house, I think, when I was 17 to go to Galway. Like, it's such a different experience. College, uh, it's weekends, Thursday nights when, like, if you're going out in the college on a Thursday night, like, are you thinking I got to be home at a certain time because I'm living with my parents? No. Oh, yes. Can you go out? Can you go out on a Friday and come back on a Monday oh, yeah. without it being trouble? Of course, as long as you let them know that, like, don't expect to see me tonight or right. possibly tomorrow night. And they might say, well, where are you staying? Oh, I'm, with, I'm off with one of the lads or I'm right. whatever. I mean, it's not like that. Down to Phoenix Park. Still living under the rules <laughs> that you would have been living under when you were doing your leaving search or when you are in secondary school. But see, it's an alien concept for you guys because you in particular, Nathan, didn't have any option. Like, mm. you couldn't be going back to Ballyhonas every night. So 
it was never really something that was up for debate with you where there was nothing driving me to leave and most Dublin uh, college students wouldn't need, have the need to go either. And it's going to be the case for you guys. All your kids are growing up, going to be living in Dublin, hopefully, and most likely going to university in Dublin. Are you going to kick them out? I mean, not kick them, but I will gently encourage them to live independently as often and as regularly as they can. So at what age do you envisage yourself dropping these so-called hints that you... you uh... Uh, tw- Like when I finish college, absolutely. But like certainly second year in college, you'd be like, would you like to have a, a more full college experience, perhaps? Do you know, do you yeah, think surely they should to... be forced into living in some shitty apartment in Rat Mines and eating beans on toast and <laughs> worrying about whether they have a fiver to get some Dutch gold. Surely these are life lessons that they need to learn. Yeah. Well, I did eat a lot of beans on toast. I did drink a lot of Dutch gold. And the money that I was spending was my own. I wasn't just like getting the pocket money on a weekly basis from my L pair. I worked hard so there put that in your <laughs> mayo pipe and smoke it this isn't a challenge Dave this is just us trying to um, like consider us David Attenborough and and you're like a, a you know one of those I was going to say rare but it's not rare at all most people probably have your college experience most people from Dublin yeah it's but if there's no need to be going out wasting your money on student accommodation or renting, unless you're, you're of a mindset where you are desperate for your own independence and you're desperate to get out there on your own and you've got, you have the ways and means to pay monthly rent, well then, more power to you, fire away. But I didn't feel any desperate need to get out. And um, maybe those, maybe there were hints being dropped. If they were, they went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever bring home a, a traffic cone or something like that when you were in college? Stop sign. Wait, how did how did you decorate your house? We used to decorate it with, um, you know, the advertising <laughs> bus stop advertising posters that easily just flicked open, and if they were quite nice, uh, I think my parents wouldn't would have, would have frowned on that if I had brought it home. Yeah, I would imagine that it, if there was a bollard in the living room when they got up the next morning, that uh, I'd be politely asked to refrain from doing that again. Yes. Any more questions? I mean, you know, just it's interesting. Well, you can answer the first question <laughs> as I said you know you you make the best I'm not looking for times and dates and length I mean you, know, you make the best like, situation length. you find yourself in right you need a free gaff basically in your own gaff a free your gaff dad. Some description somewhere okay so friends as well you know you do what you gotta do <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing you do have to do it <laughs> Next <Right>. question, please. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So our our kids finished school yesterday. Uh, the lads did. Uh, we were down at the uh, new Montessori for our youngest. She's going to be starting in September. Very excited about it. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Suddenly gone all day. Every day. I was reminded again yesterday of the depression of how many years you bring your kids to the school gate when you've got a big gap between your kids. Like I'm going to be going to that primary school. I'm fairly sure for 16 years, wow. every single, like 16 years. It's a long time. I can't remember how long we've been doing the dad cast for, but I, like, I vividly remember your daughter being born. I can't believe she is going to Montessori now. In a few weeks' time, 
Yeah, it should it's be three. Incredible. Three. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. But like 16 years. Every single morning, the same routine. It's got bloody depressing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you're blessed to be able to do the, the school run, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. It's the great thing about living in Dublin, Jer. <laughs> it's gonna you're you're gonna be like one of those county board chairmen that absolutely rules the roost for like 25, 30 years and yeah. demolishes any voice of dissenting opposition. You're going to be the kids long gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, uh, there'll be His no elections for the PTA this year. The chairman <laughs> will remain in place. My time is up now. I'm done. I've done my three years. And the last year and a half has been a walk. I've apart. done nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. It's been glorious. There's, uh, We had, about, I think, three or four times we've tried to do a fundraiser. And just as we've been about to do the fundraiser, something has changed with COVID and we haven't been able to do it. So, yeah, we have done... Sweet. So oh. you didn't raise any money. That's what I'm hearing. Least uh, successful PTA chairman of all time. Pr- pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> but listen, I served my time. Yeah, and well, is the money just resting a... in your account? <laughs> Not exactly. I've exactly. been on it two years now and it's been... I, do, I definitely wouldn't be considering the year just gone as having done my duty as regards to the PA. I think I'll have to give another another 12 months at least. So, oh, well, the, the, the constitution of the PTA is that you can only stay on the committee for three years and this time I'm not going to challenge that. Okay. Yeah, well, look, there's enough of a turnover of new parents coming in in junior infants every year for, uh, for, for you to be easily replaced. But obviously I've got a kid starting a junior infant in September, so I'll give it another year. Have we correspondence this week, Jerry? You were sending some stuff through during the week. Have you uh, misplaced so it? I- I have a new phone, and so therefore it's all gone. Oh, brilliant! I got a I got a new phone during the week. I I moved from Android to Apple. Not a move that I would recommend everybody making because it has literally taken me the whole week to be able to. Uh, I feel like I feel like a grandparent getting a smartphone for the first time, or being asked to pilot a space uh, rocket to the moon. Like, can you do this? Probably not. Well, aren't you uh, lucky so that I have the correspondence here? Good man. That's why I put it in the WhatsApp group. Yes. So we're going to start with uh, Brian Barry at Fitzy79. Thanks for getting in touch, Brian. Hi, lads. Long-time listener to the show, but now about to restart the cycle as my wife is pregnant with our third child after a nine-year gap and a few unsuccessful years of trying. So this was obviously something they had planned. So congratulations, Brian, and your wife. I think it was Jerry who said previously when the question of having more kids came up on a previous show to absolutely go again. So I'm hoping he's right. We haven't told our kids who are 11 and 9 yet, but wondering if there are any tips on how to break the news to them, and more importantly, on how to get them to help out once the baby comes along. Great to have the show back and keep up the good work. I was just thinking earlier, our listeners mustn't be, must be wondering what's hit them, given that this is the fourth consecutive uh, fortnightly episode we've delivered. So, um, mm. I mean, even I didn't think we're, our commitment would last this long. We're really killing ourselves, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Once every two weeks. Run off our feet. Well, Nathan, you are the dad who's had a child most recently, or is it Adrian? It's you, isn't it? Adrian. Adrian. But Adrian. Adrian's okay. not here to defend themselves. Obviously, there was a small gap between Adrian's two children, whereas yours mm. was slightly bigger. Um, and maybe it's just a slight more of a surprise than Brian Barry's pregnancy or his wife's pregnancy. So how did you tell the two boys? Well, hers were a lot younger, a lot younger than 11 and 9. I guess there is potential with the 11-year-old in particular to be a little bit queasy and 
uh, am I going to be having to mind this child as I get into my teenage years? Or maybe it's ah, just going to be pure like excitement yes. that they'll have a, a yeah. little baby. Uh, our, our two initially were absolutely delighted and excited, and I'm sure there was a present involved somewhere to uh, buy their love uh, when we told them. Then when, uh, when Rose was born, a brilliant photo of the first day we went into Hollis Street uh, to meet her and brought the two lads in and our eldest lad is overjoyed and wants to hold her and the youngest lad has this look of absolute <laughs> disgust like it's like what and that that took uh, not too long never got out of hand but definitely there was a couple of weeks of where he really wasn't convinced that, that this was for him uh, they get on great now though so I they're going to notice quite quickly an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old that uh, something is going on here with mommy. <laughs> so I would just get it done. But what is the worst that can happen? Yeah, what, what is there to worry about, really? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that the, at that age, if, if they're empathetic at all, they're going to love the fact that they get the opportunity to help out and be involved. And, you know, maybe you could use it as an opportunity to get them to eat different things and try new things and... When you were a baby, you used to eat this food too. Look, we're having the same food and just liquidizing the babies. I don't know. I um, Yeah, the only thing is that a third baby, it turns out, takes up a lot of space. You're not, you know, when you have it, you're like, oh, all the endorphins. And it might be a while since I said that. You should definitely go for it. Now I'm like... <laughs> oh, and also, when, like when we had our third and you're the same, Jerry. Like the other children are still very young, so they automatically demand an awful lot of your attention. So they still get it. So the attention is probably not quite uh, a third, a third, a third, but definitely still an 11 year old can sort of look after themselves. So there may be a bit of a worry of, well, this child is going to get all the attention and I'll be just sort of left. And mommy and daddy are only going to care about the baby now because they have to spend all the time with the baby. And what about me? That is, that is a very good point that maybe the parents in this situation need to be wary of that as much as you might try and discuss it with your partner that we can't absolutely cannot allow this to happen. I mean, you've only got so many hours in the day and we know how constraining it is time to be looking after a newborn. It's all encompassing, but at the same time, newborns have to sleep. Um, yeah. Mammy has to sleep. So maybe the Brian in being the father here really needs to step up and make sure that as, as long as he's happy that his wife and the newborn have what they need, that he can spend more time with the two boys and make sure they're getting the attention they absolutely need at nine and 11, which are very impressionable years, particularly yeah. nowadays, even more so than in the past. Well, can, I, and, can I just ask something just before you get into that? Did we name this person? Yeah. So is there the possibility that this person is listening to this in their car right now? And their 11 year old and nine year old are in the back seat <laughs> going, well, sorry. Sorry, at no point, now? at no point in the, his correspondence, <laughs> as he said, please don't read out my name. So, you know, oh. I'd just like to uh, point out the years of dog abuse that I took from all you lot for that. And uh, Dave, it's not that easy, is it? Reading out a simple letter on the on the podcast. No, you got dogs abuse for reading out a letter in which it was specifically requested that the name not be read out. <laughs> <laughs> this is different. Um. I, I think as well with 11, 9, there, there's so much that they can do. There's so much time that they can spend on their own. You can go training with them. They can be involved in activities and there's like loads of space for newborn. But then when everybody comes back together, they should be excited to see it. And also potentially a bit bored quickly. The first year of a baby's life is not much crack for siblings. It's when the 
baby gets to three, four, and five, that the crack starts. And by that stage, they'll be teenagers. So, um, yeah, really interesting family dynamic. And yeah. uh, a lot of things you forget about the lack of sleep, the constant stink of shit, and then the potty training when somebody is literally doing a dump while you're having your dinner in the kitchen and you're like delighted by it. Like a lot, a lot of very strange things that you have kind of blanked from your memory that in normal circumstances, if someone was to sit down and drop their cracks in the, in the kitchen and have a shit, you'd be very disappointed with it as opposed to like, yay, look at this, well done. I mean, that oh, look of disappointment in your wife's eyes when you've, when you've taken a dump in the kitchen yet again is, it's hard to erase from your memory. But it's, as he said in his, in his email, they have been trying unsuccessfully for a few years. So it's an unbelievable, unbelievable story. Fair play to them. And uh, the very best of luck with it, Brian. What was it like? You just said, Jerry, obviously a newborn takes up a lot of space. And certainly from your point of view, Nathan, the gap in age between your middle child and your third child was so much that you had got rid of everything, hadn't you? Oh, no, well, I, I thought I thought we had. There was a lot of stuff that turned out uh, stuck up in the attic. Yeah. yeah. Just in case. So, but I like... Uh, just every, in case I can get to have this bottle of red wine. <laughs> yeah, that was never a difficulty. Um yeah, it's but they do take up an enormous amount of space because all I ever hear from my wife now, uh, even this morning, is about the amount of clutter and the amount of stuff that is in the house because obviously the three-year-old wants every toy imaginable and the lads are at that age where they just leave stuff everywhere. You know, oh, I just went out and played football. I changed my entire kit before I come back inside to go and play football again in 15 minutes. And I just throw it here at the front door. What do you do about that? How do, how do you, sorry, going off on a tangent, uh, which may take up at the next hour. How do you get start getting your eight, nine-year-old to start taking more responsibility while also still recognizing that they are a kid at the end of the day? I find um, I find shouting at them repeatedly the same thing again and again. It doesn't have any impact. <laughs> and, and it certainly doesn't make you feel any better in the long run. And it certainly does not improve the atmosphere in the house, it turns out. Well, when we, we moved house, the lads they were presented with a major upgrade on their playroom, which initially they were just overjoyed with. There was space for everything. They had loads of room for activities. They had their own TV, a big two-seater couch. They had everything they could ever wish for and the space in which to do it. And yet we're five months in this house and all three living rooms are now full of their stuff. And they never seem to want to play in the playroom or watch TV in the playroom. They always want to be in where we are. I mean, how do I politely say almost like, if this is the conversation we started the, the, the today's pod with, would you please move out? <laughs> <laughs> There's a playroom over there that you, it is designed, specifically designed to cater for your needs. Can you please take yourself in there? Thank you. Well, do you sorry, is, is the concern in telling them to get out that they're, they're going to have some rejection feelings? Because we, we, we do that a lot. It's like, look, we're just having a conversation and get out, get out, get out. Get out. I don't know what my concern is. It's it, it just seems to have happened. They just seem every time every like when they get up in the morning and they want to play or draw, it's never in the playroom. It's somewhere else in the house. And as Nathan says, they don't take stuff to a place, finish with it, and then bring it back from whence it came. Oh no. They leave it there. And then yeah. it's just uh, it adds to my housework when when the school run is over and the washes are being done and put up and the dishwasher's <laughs> been loaded and emptied and the washing up is I don't think we've been on. I did. I pulled the black sack trick again, like but about four months ago now. I don't know if I've told the story, and it just had no impact. It had literally no impact. The black sack went out to the car, stayed in the car for about three weeks, and eventually it was like, because there's just so much shit. So I, that yeah. didn't work. 
It has Although to be something that's used every day. In fairness, like things have got much better. Everybody, there's a there's a tidy up. But there's an understanding that like, um, it has to. There has to be a period of the day where things are getting tidied up, and that's the end of that. But I think maybe we all get too worked up about stuff. Like, we sweat the small stuff, and all of a sudden, a row has happened about nothing. Like this is essentially a row about like a jigsaw pieces on the floor. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's been a hundred days in a row of jigsaw pieces in the floor. <laughs> yeah. But like, and there's jigsaws in three different rooms. And and ultimately, I don't know. Do you just have to accept that there's going to be shit everywhere for a while and get on with it and like live in the shits? But at any stage, have you seen one of your kids go? There's jigsaw on the floor. I should tidy that up. No, no. Well, but why would they? Do you know? Like, yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering as to. Why are we getting worked I, up about it? Do I just need to accept this? Uh, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a belief in this house that if I was left to my own devices, there would be jigsaw on the floor in each room, <laughs> and I would be happy with that. Well, if well, oh, here's this handmade like, jigsaw uh, that I was making five weeks ago. Even just yesterday, evening, yesterday even the their playroom was a like a dump, and I just said uh, six p.m. is the screen time in this house, lads. I'm willing to bring that forward to five fifty. If in 10 minutes time, everything in this room is back in the box it's supposed to be in. 10 minutes later, the place is spotless. So there has to be an incentive. Give them something to work with here. They'll work with you. As long as there's a little crock of gold at the end of the rainbow. Anyway, we're going to go to our next listener. Um, and this time, I'm not going to say his name. He hasn't requested that I don't say his name, but just in case, we're going to call him DB. I'm pretty sure it's not David Brady, um, the former Mayo footballer. He does love the WhatsApp. He'll, this guy will know who he is because his initials are DB. Lads, any advice for starting of self-soothing sleep techniques? Oh, we're back to this old chestnut. Starting to try and get the five-month-old to get himself to sleep by himself. Any words of wisdom? Appreciated. Hmm. I had no idea that the whole cried out thing was so um, controversial. Is it? That it's like, yeah, mm. apparently it's very, very controversial. You're not showing any love to your child. I mean, You're showing love to your child the other 21 hours of the day. Uh, cry it out it's the only way isn't it it is the only way we tried it and it worked yeah, Jerry, you I, tried it it worked oh it's life changing for us Like, our, what, happens, our, what happens if it doesn't work so what happens if two weeks into it it's not working I think you're probably not doing it right are you oh well sorry in that case there could be an underlying health issue it could be colic yeah. or something so you need to yeah, make sure actually Ill. yeah so you, uh, definitely GP visits are free for that age go to the GP, say this baby's not sleeping, is there any underlying health issues? Make sure there aren't. Like, do the reading, do the research, put a plan in place, put backup plans in place, understand that it's going to be mental and emotional turmoil for you. The baby will be fine in two weeks' time. They will have mostly forgotten about it. Although the research, I think the controversy is that the research says the babies will remember this forever and will have abandonment issues. Um, is, uh, so, I mean, I haven't read these studies. I don't know how much time... You've spent I know, Dave. Neither have I. I've seen the headline on the on a an okay. article. So don't be don't be assuming that I read them. Come on, I find this it very difficult. Twenty twenty one. That a no five month things. old. That this will have a long term scarring effect on the brain matter of a five five month old. Uh, I I do too. I I, I mean, uh, who knows? You know, the the massive human experiment that we undertook with our kids. Uh, maybe as they're as they're closing the door on the home they put us in when we turn 55, uh, I don't know. 
maybe maybe they'll be like that's because you let me cry it out when I was uh, two. Or what what about the uh, the mental well being of mommy and daddy? Exactly, mm, exactly. There's other children in the house as well. Well, that's, I don't that's... know if that's the case in this in in, in this situation. Did um, DB doesn't mention any other children in the house, but like if your child are as I said are, uh, many times this pod, our second guy he had one full night's sleep in his first year, and we were we were at the end of our rope by that stage and then we decided this is just this is get this is beyond ridiculous and i don't can't remember if my wife actually did leave the house but i do certainly remember suggesting look you go go up to your mom's for a couple of nights leave me to to do this because i maybe have a more cold heart than she which is probably always the case with the mom and the dad she could not listen to him crying his eyes out in the cot where I seem to be a little better at coping with that and was able to drown it out a bit more. And we just let him cry. And it worked. It just worked. As them's the facts. There's nothing that sums up your cold heartedness as a father when your child is crying as to when you wake up the next morning and you're going, did I just fall asleep in the middle of that for like <laughs> six hours? Is he awake crying for about another three hours? But I just literally closed my eyes and was like, I've had enough, but I'm gone. Yeah. And and like, what's the alternative? You know, if he if the child cries, and every time he does so, you go into him, then he, they're not. It's not going to improve, is it? And I'm not. We're not. We're not suggesting to DB here that we do. Is he starts tonight with his five month old and just leaves the child to cry all no, night? No, 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 no. It needs to no, be no, gradual. Yeah, you've got to read about it. You've got to put a plan in place. You've got to write the plan down or talk to somebody and record the plan and make sure that you're sticking to it. And like, get get. Honestly, get your little hinterland of support aware of the fact that you're going through this because it's, it's a couple of weeks of, of absolute torture, but the other side of it is amazing. Now, the question was specifically about self-soothing though, right? So it's not, it doesn't sound there like they're at the stage where it's complete nightmare. Like with self-soothing, isn't it just like getting the kid to suck their thumb? Right. Yeah, starting, starting to try and get the five-month-old to get himself to to sleep by himself. So that's maybe more, suggests it's more like at the beginning of the night. Yeah. Rather than when they wake up multiple times during the night. Um, Let's give them the soother. Yeah, but so maybe, it, well, our second child never had a soother, just never, just, he, he was given one in the maternity hospital and he just wasn't oppressed. That was the end of it. Um, whereas the second, the first fellow, we had to wrestle the soother out of his hands as he was going to school nearly. Um, so he may not, there may not be a soother involved here. I can't remember what we did at the start of the night. You just, you put them down and eventually they'd probably drift off. Our, our issue was more at 10 PM, 11 PM, 12, one, two, three, four, five, and 6 AM in the morning. Um, that's when we would decide that we were just going to have to leave them. If it is a case that you need to leave them, do it for 10 minutes tonight and then 20 minutes the next time and an hour the next time and two hours the time after that. And after a couple of weeks, you say, Jer, you'll be in dreamland the soothing te techniques for getting them down at the beginning of the night do you not just put them down and make sure they're warm and well fed and just leave yeah that that's that like remember the first kid you had it was very difficult oh. to know are we doing this right is the, is the baby uh, check is it still breathing remember all that one of the lads yeah. got into a habit where he would only go to sleep if somebody was so he was in the cot but somebody was in the bed beside the cot and was holding his hand <laughs> and this went on, I remember, for months. Like, it was, it was, oh, my God. When you think back, I'm like, uh, why, why did I put up that shit? Yeah. Uh, that's the benefit of, like, your third kids. Yeah, you're like, no chance. 11, no 10, chance. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, can I uh, just say that while the correspondence is interesting, we shouldn't ignore the most uh, important message that went into our WhatsApp group this week, which was Dave's message. We met the Barrys in a hotel yesterday. <laughs> Adrian in full daddy mode. So we need everything. What's Adrian in full daddy mode? Um, well, it was it was an interesting one. We were we were at breakfast and we were ten years married last Saturday, so we got away for a night. It was amazing. And um, I. <laughs> After living, living at home for 27 years, uh, we're still making up for last time. It's will be likely we're going to start and end this podcast on the exact same topic. <laughs> but, um, we were down at breakfast the following morning and it was he played it well in fairness. I'd, I had a hand on my shoulder and the, 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 the owner of that hand was saying, excuse me, would you mind if I got a selfie with you? <laughs> I was going, oh my God, who <laughs> is this lunatic? And of course, that lunatic turned out to be Adrian and he had both of his children either side of him. And it did bring me back to the days when my kids were two and four, when they were just utter absolute maniacs and didn't know how to behave like normal human beings. And they were so full of energy, so full of life at each other trying to... So he had one child on, uh, beside his right leg, he had the other child by his left leg, the older child was trying to get around the back of him to get at the child on the other, at standing the other side of him. This went on for the entire duration of our five or six minute conversation. And as much as I was glad to see him um, and we did have a good chat, I was looking at the situation unfolding going, God, I remember those days where your children just, there is no, there's no possibility that they could stand still for more than eight seconds. Yeah, I mean, mind wanders and they have to do something. They have to be somewhere. They have to pull something or move something, kick something, drag something down. I for some has seemed to have erased those days from my memory. Are they completely over in your house? Really? Well, six and four, like almost seven and five were. Like yeah. if, we, if I met someone on the street, the boys would stand beside me for like two or three minutes where I could have a conversation, a normal adult conversation right. and not. I'd have to keep hold of the hand of the younger guy to make sure he doesn't run onto the road. But I'm talking about the two and four or the one and three where there's just, it's just, they're a constant ball of energy. Yeah, we can't. um, You're older, you're bigger. You're not quite always on the go as you were back then. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'd say that if we end up going to a restaurant at some point soon when the indoor dining returns, like two of our three will definitely be off running around the, like opening doors, checking to see what's going on, talking to people at other tables, taking food off their plates. <laughs> like I'm really just, just not. Uh, I I don't know. I think um, well, we're going well to get well a chance to experiment that that go through that next week. It's a long time, as you say, for obvious reasons. Since we have slept in the same room as the boys and have been at a dinner table outside of a family environment with the boys, so. Tuesday night, we're going to be eating somewhere and that's going to be very interesting. How long would I sit there for? At what point do the tablets have to come out? At what point? Well, that's the other, yeah. The I we'll... so that'll be maybe in a couple of weeks' time when we're back recording. We, I can let you know how that went. Half of me is really looking forward to it um, just to see how where we are in relation to two years ago. We would have been last on holidays. And as I say, the four of us sleeping in the same bedroom, that hasn't happened hmm. for a long, long time. So we'll interest to see how that goes as well, but it should be good fun. Weather's meant to be half decent, so fingers crossed um, we get through it. Now, I should say, Adrian handled the situation perfectly. He was the most... Just calm, kept us cool. Everybody, 
everybody seemed happy enough. And then his wife came over to say hello. And eventually the conversation had run its course and they had to force you to try and get back to managing their situation. I got back to my black pudding and sausages. Sounds good. Buff, breakfast buffets are back. Yeah, it was great. All right. Really nice. I really enjoyed it. And um, now, the, obviously, the hotel environment is a lot different. Like, it's almost like COVID isn't there. You're, there are a lot of, we were watching the Portugal Germany game on the TV on the Saturday night. And um, there were a lot of people in, in that area watching it. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't um, social distancing. No, not to the point that you would expect it to be. But look, I think people have given up, haven't they? I'm Mostly. half jabbed at this stage. Hopefully I can sidestep COVID until I get the second jab. Got a first one on Monday. Nathan, you must have yours are soon enough, do you? No, well, no sign of it. No text, no nothing. You're still in your third. You're not just everybody up with your wife. Everybody I know now has got it. Can you, you double jab there? It's not like there's no, a more, more dangerous variant going around that suddenly puts me at far greater risk now that I've <laughs> not got it. Yeah, the young are vulnerable. You, you, you deal so well with paranoia as well, Nathan. It's right. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my God. Remember when you were decontaminating your booze? Uh, that, that's, like, I mean, that's how bad it was. You weren't able to drink your booze for 24 but hours. The weirdest, the, weird, the weirdest thing was nobody thought that was unusual. I, I remember that. Nobody, nobody went, you're insane. Everyone was like, oh yeah, Jesus. You mean you're not? You're not cleaning down your shopping with, with uh, wipes? Like, wow. God. That was a bit of a strange time. Wasn't it? Well, you, I can remember you telling us that you're spraying disinfectant over the bottle of wine that the office has just delivered to your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That is just, they, are, they were Still, bizarre. Still, the fact that the office delivers, that was the, the, that was the win-win for all of us from COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really was. Right. There you is go. That this week's show? That's this week's show. That's all of our correspondence. Or thanks to the two listeners who, uh, who got in touch. Call out the, how can people get in touch, Chair? dadcast at offtheball.com or at dadcastpod on Twitter I use the I don't check the hashtag dadcast anymore because it's been stolen by some yanks right. there you go um, do get in touch yeah. people we promise so, you Dave, we promise we'll Nathan, be here in two you. weeks do we have any more celebrity fathers lined up to we'll do well to top Paul O'Connell but if there's any celebrity fathers listening who want to come on feel free right on that note uh, don't forget to rate on iTunes or Apple Podcasts give us five stars that really helps with uh, discovery and of course you can get us on the OTB sports app as well we'll see you in a fortnight take care the OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go Black Box Car Insurance lets young drivers bounce past high cost premiums drive safe and save more with GetSetGo.ie 